With me, Nicole Tatarovich, and this week's guest, Ali Crockett. Hello, hello, hello. I am sitting in my own living room opposite a man who has taunted me for the last probably 17, 18 years. And his arms are crossed very defensively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looks fucking terrified. But you've already marked up. Have I? Yeah, yeah, let's keep going. But yeah, I said to you, I'd do this if it was anonymous and I was Albert. You've introduced me as Ali Crockett. Oh, that was ages ago you told me that. Okay. Let's proceed. Keep going. Keep All right, going. okay. Let's, I might, let's I might pretend change my mind. Bit. If it's really funny, I might not mind my name going to it. All right, okay. Let's but, pretend but, but, I haven't but, done that bit and we're starting from now. All right. I'm sitting with my... With, <laughs> do I say you're my friend? If you choose to, if it's real. What, what, what? How would I define you? A guy I've known a while called Albert. Mentor? Mentor's definitely not it. Okay. Briefly, you were. Yeah. That was like one pint Yeah. back in, I'd say, <laughs> 2006. Right, when you we saw first... the light by the end of the pint. Right, let's get, let's cut, let's get down to brass tacks. First okay. time I met Albert, let's just call him Albert. Mm-hmm. It's when me and my old writing partner, David Kajinubi, go to our very first sort of brainstorm introductory kind of meeting to get briefed to think of sketches for the Armstrong and Miller show on BBC One. We are nervous, we're excited, we're shitting ourselves, we're green. We, it's just amazing. We're in a room with proper comedy writers who are all sort of, um, you know, on, on, you know, sitting in the meeting ready to pitch their ideas, but there's a there's a real sort of garrulous... It's like tense but funny energy, okay. right? Yeah, yeah. Pitch our ideas. We do all right in the meeting. Everyone does all right in the meeting. Yeah. I think it's the best thing I've ever done, right. sat in this round this table with a load of funny people, and then we go to the pub, and you and your then-writing partner, which mm-hmm. is... David Scott. So you're all right naming him. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a common name. No one's going to find yeah. that. Yeah. Let's just say Dave yeah. Scott. Yeah, okay. Uh, we go we go to the pub and we're going, oh, and it'll be this, uh, uh, so exciting. And you straight away were like sort of the six formers when, we, the, you know, the year two six yeah, formers yeah, when yeah. We we're like brand new, the first time we've worn jeans to school. Yes. And you're going, all right, you've done much of this before, lads. Right. And now, oh, yeah, you're still, you're still a bit keen then. Oh, look at you, were really, uh, you know. Yeah, you really made a good impression in there, and I, yeah, you, that does sound and, like you, Dave. you were straight onto us. Yeah, it sounds like Dave. That was you. You can't. <laughs> no, it was brilliant, and um, it only took about four or five years for me to turn into that with the next writers coming right. through, which was Griggs. Right. Which listeners to this podcast know Alistair Griggs, and we're at, it doesn't matter now because we're all just old yeah. and fucking fed yeah. up of it. Yeah. But just for a few years, it was it's like the the intake 
was like the old boys and the freshers. He never got the comedy writer look, did he, Ali Grease? He's never done the glasses and stubble. No. No, so he's... Got a clean cut. No, he still looks like uh, an Icelandic assassin from yeah. one of the skiing James Bond films. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or in the Air Force or something, um, uh, Battle of Britain sort of thing, I think he looks like yeah, as well. Yeah, right, yeah. And, but also, it, I don't know when this exactly when this happened, but Griggs... I met Griggs at a... For, like a bunch of writers came out after the mm. pandemic and it was somewhere near Euston on the on the a rooftop. Mm. And he turned up and he was wearing like quite cool basketball trainers and like a quite a cool jacket. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't put my finger on it at first because I was like, all right, Ali. And he was like, yeah, all right. And I was like, why are you trying to be cool? What right. the fuck's happened? What's right. she done? Yeah, yeah. And immediately he crumbled and admitted yeah. that his girlfriend's bought him some clothes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know there, are, I didn't know there were still people out there that yeah. that are just like I don't yeah. know, and then someone else gives them everything and tells them what to do, yeah, yeah, who to be. Aren't yeah. you a bit like that though? Not clothes wise. I mean, you know, me and Claire is just uh, she thinks I'm an absolute disgrace how I look like a sort of tramp, <laughs> and then I just hate her taste in like everything sort of like she's proper thought, fucking stylish, man. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know how I feel about opinions. Claire. Well, okay. Um, she's, uh, I saw in the, when I left today, there were two pairs of shoes, two pairs of trainers outside our front door and they're both leopard print trainers. That's two sets. I yeah. Just... I mean, that's to be fair. You don't need double leopard. No, I don't think so. You make, she's got a, a leopard statement. print water bottle. Right. Okay. Like uh, fucking Rod Stewart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Is she trying to get on the album cover of a, of a, a Rod Stewart yeah, solo or, album? Or Roxy Music maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I've always admired that in you. And I'm not going to do this where I, like, I'm not. Right. We are obviously going to rinse each other because okay. that's that's how it's always yeah. been. But, my but I mean this to be a terrible dresser. Yeah, you just fucking. I don't. Th- I, I wouldn't know whether you're actually wearing not what you've worn every single time I've yeah. met you. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that red jacket. Yeah. How old's that? I don't know. I, maybe I've had similar ones. Maybe I just go for that um, same jacket yeah, again and again, again and again and again. But. Yeah, it's, I know what it's, I'm looking for. it's the same taste I've got when I was a seven-year-old kid. It's just then I wanted an, I probably wanted a red anorak, and now I want. I just have not yeah. evolved at all. Maybe beyond sort of fourteen, fifteen, in music taste, in tasting yeah, food. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. Nothing has changed. Clothes. Uh, do you still drink lager, or do you on, are you on pale ale? I did go to pale ale. About yeah, so that six, I think that's quite a big leap. Yeah, it was for me. Yeah. I mean, lager is a big part of our lives, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, around those years between. 2006, probably, there was probably about 10 years in it when we still had hope. Right. Right. And it starts to waver around 2017, 18. Yeah. For me. But during those 10 years, we spent a lot of time, you know, the the glory days, even though there wasn't much glory yeah. career-wise, it was sort of like miniature bits of glory. Mm. But the bit, the bit that was glorious mm. was that we were in the middle of it. Mm. All our mates are doing it. Yeah, yeah. And we're, we're always sort of not far away from Soho. So there's always going to be a bunch of people who might have a drink. Yeah, and yeah. now I realise that then it's like looking back and thinking it's like the Great Gatsby. But like yeah. the sort of moaning, sort of crap writer version yeah. of Great Gatsby yeah, where yeah. it's a scene and it's a time. Yeah, I, I fucking mean, loved it, man. It felt like... You, you hoped and it felt like, you know, nothing's happened yet. Even though you're getting things on yeah. sketch shows and things, you think, this is the launch thing. Yeah, yeah. We, you know, it really could happen. Just, you we're know, getting just clues. Get a show. We get, you know, we're going to, we, you know, we could get a sitcom here, blah, blah, blah. 
and uh, and you don't realise, you know, you think it's you think that's the beginning, and then you look back and it's and your and highest it, point. It was immediately the middle. It was yeah, no, it, it was the top, you know. But you used was, to joke. But I think, but I think that's so common in like all aspects of life. Of like something terrible happens, and you think, you know, this is the worst day ever, and then in retrospect, you look back and you go, oh, it's a brilliant. I know it sounds a bit woo, yeah. it's not really my style, but you know, so many things and that you thought was great. I've got a mate who. Um, uh, maybe the late 80s or something he's an estate agent and he somehow bought uh, you know something because in those days you could get on the property market get a deposit blah 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 easily or whatever yeah. and he bought like sort of two flats or something in Pimlico something like that I don't know how he did yeah, it yeah. yeah and uh, and then like three years later he sold them and he, he thought it was the best day of his life he'd made yeah. £100,000 you yeah, know yeah. 25 I've made a hundred grand. Yeah, isn't this yeah. incredible and looking yeah. back it's the worst day Worst day of his life because he could have just kept them and never worked again. As it is, he oh, still work, work, right, work. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't own, doesn't own a house, so it's all that looking back. And then maybe he'll look back again in ten years and go, "No, actually, it was the best thing because I worked." Yeah. And then you know, yeah. this this happened in my life. So uh, you, and you learned so a common. lesson from it, which meant I then did this other thing that was more valuable. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I like I like the idea that whatever it was you thought you were chasing, I think this is a healthy thing. So if you if we just sat here having this conversation two years ago, yeah. I would have been really having to fucking fix a smile on to be like that. I'm all right about mm-hmm. that. It's all changed a bit. Yeah. Now I, I have gone through it and into yeah. a new realm where yeah, I'm yeah. really happy and I'm yeah, doing some yeah, other yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I'm so much happier having let go of yeah. where is the constant TV work. Yeah. It's just sort of gone. Mm. But we, we know we have, we debated that along the way. Cause yeah. we've, we know, even though you, you like just to set the, set the tone when we were first buddies, we both lived in London. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's sort of like pre, or like around first having kids and all mm-hmm. that, and then you've moved down here, didn't see you for a bit, uh, and now I'm here, and we are quite good at ending up in a pub. Not we're not too. It's not been too. I was a bit worried when I bumped into you on the front the first few weeks, and you were like, "Oh, this is fucking great! I'm going to show you all the places we can get pissed in all the time." And I was a bit like, "Oh God, <laughs> it's going to be like fucking 2006 yeah, again, where yeah. we're like going from the French to the Spanish in yeah. in Soho and." Fuck knows what time we yeah. we were out till yeah. and whatever, but yeah, obviously it isn't really like that anymore. But um, I think it is a bit more like that for you than me. Well, yeah, actually, in the last like year said, it was. Yeah, since you moved down here, you're sort of always going out, but having fun. You're so much more of a social butterfly than me. You mm. sort of know half of Brighton already, and you're yeah. just going out all the time. It's great. Yeah, that has definitely been the case. I think I have, as as the winter came in, I definitely have chilled out a bit, mm-hmm. and not not in a. Like, You're holding it down, like trying to not get battered every night. Yeah, right. Well, you physically can't do that. Like mm-hmm. my body is, uh, well, it's just fucking aching and slow and stiff and sausagey. I think people overstate the fact that hangovers get worse in your middle age and stuff. Everybody always sort of says, like, sort of well, parents yeah. and stuff. Oh, I can't take it anymore. You know, mm. not like when you were young and you shrug it off. And I just think oh, they're always bad. You've always mm. just got to get on with it and. You know, maybe maybe the the thing that changes is that you've got to do you've got shit to do. Yeah, I know, that's bollocks as well. Like yeah, I don't think I don't think that's the case. I'm sorry to say that yesterday I was effectively in bed till something like three thirty right. in the afternoon. Wow, amazing! And not like never moving. It was yeah, like yeah. up nibble. Okay, you know, nip to the yeah, yeah, shop yeah. for a coffee, come back. Yeah. But but I was basically. The intention was, yeah, remember to go to B&Q and pick up them plant yeah. pots and then post that letter. Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes on a hangover, uh, there's a perverse bit that I really enjoy that by about 6 to 7 p.m., mm. 
not in a kind of shaky hair of the dog way, but then suddenly one beer will be like mm. fucking like golden yeah, nectar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it won't make me want to go back on it. Yeah. But it does. It, it, it takes away the pain, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I think it does get, it is quite bad as you get older, but I do, I do think it plateaus. Mm. I think I think the, the key bit is in your 20s, you do get you do get away with it. And then mid thirties onwards, it's it's fucking harder. I just heard somebody once say, "Learn to love your hangovers." So it's probably an alcoholic, <laughs> but you know, you just sort of just ignore. It. I, I don't do what you do and stay in bed till three thirty. I just get out and go for a walk, and I'll probably do more steps on a day I've got a hangover than I would otherwise. I just want to be out because I don't really feel it when I'm outside. That is a wise tactic um, because you're not really like a big exerciser, are you? No. But you do you walk fucking miles actually? Yeah, yeah don't I you? do. I do quite a bit of walking. But it is. But that's what I love. It's like. It's not like, well, now I'll put on the sports clothes and go mm. and do the sports. Mm. It's just you, red jacket, hangover, walk, yeah. R- yeah. get rid of hangover, go yeah. back to pub, red yeah. jacket, yeah. stagger home, kebab, yeah. red jacket, yeah. <laughs> hangover, kebab, phone me. Well, and the other funny thing that people should know is that right from the beginning, and, and this still is the case, and, I, and again, I respect you for it, You've got the same three items of clothing that you've worn for 15 to 18 yeah. years. Yeah. But also the other thing is, I used to get texts from you yeah. and it and, and it just says, tonight, question yeah, mark. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the conversation. Yeah. And I might go, oh, no, mate, I am not. I can't make it out tonight. I'm in wherever. And it's not like, oh, well, that sounds interesting. Where's that? All oh, right. And have you been you working no this response. week? You're just like, he's gone. No, he's true. fucking gone. Still do that, yeah. Tonight? No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you don't get your thank you, do you? Not really. I just no. put that in yeah, to you, make you, you sound you have all to right. Give yourself a thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I put that in to make yeah, you just not move sound on like to the a next person. Heartless. I just don't yeah. want it to be true. Yeah. But um, I think when I get in my head, I want to go out. I get really obsessive about it, and so I'm just firing out all these texts yeah. to people. And then the first person who bites, I'm like, yes, yes, we've got one. Yeah. Can't waste my time with any of the others. So about hangovers. So you know, I was quite difficult about doing this, saying, "Oh, we've got to do it tonight on Friday," and then you. And then I thought, well, I, want, I sort of wanted, I was itching to sort of go out Friday and been out for ages. And so I was considering, you know, do I want to do this with a hangover? A bit nervous about oh, doing it. Oh, that's right, yeah. And then I, but I was in two minds of it because I know with a hangover, you can be mm. funnier because mm. that sort of self-consciousness goes and you just go off on one. There's that and the but, pain you're in yeah. is funny in itself. It makes you giggly as you're well. You're worse. You're, you're a worse person. Yeah, yeah. And, you know. Sometimes I feel like people who I don't know that well, sort of like, you know, parents, whatever, and then if you've got a hangover, they don't know it. You can see them sort of like look a bit more pleased when you're talking to them because this mm. guy seems a lot freer about himself. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. you just yeah. got that. Well, it, and you know, it's relatable, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I've been, it's basically I've been a bad dog. Well, I don't necessarily say it. I try not to say it because I always feel like um, David Brent when I sort of go, oh, I was at well, a few last yeah, night, yeah. you know, I was in El, El Vino Town or whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. El Vino you know, Del, did, did, did flow, all that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and then people always think little cracks to him that he is actually does have a drinking problem. You know what I mean? So I don't want to be the parent that's always saying that on the Saturday. The, School touchline. Oh, yeah, I was leathered last night. But when you were so bad, you sort of want to say it in case you're acting weird. You sort of want to say, you know, I got absolutely. I think think in that in that situation, you have to work out quickly who is who is in your camp there, who's the other one who where you can just go and fucking die in me. Because you're right, there is a sort of um I don't know whether this is just with men, but there is a little bit of a Especially with something around sport mm-hmm. and kids, where they're all like into it, and they're yeah. all they're all wearing the the football kit as well, even yeah. though they're not playing. Yeah, yeah. That guy wants to present that uh, they're up early and they're drinking fucking sports mm. drinks and whatever, right? But yeah, um, I mean, there it seems predominantly that I don't really hear about anybody 
any of them really talking about drinking. I mean, you know, if you'd been 30 years ago, it'd be like three quarters of the guys would be like smoking on the touchline probably. Yeah. You know, where we are now, you just never see sort of a, a, an adult sort of smoking outside the school gates or something to pick up a kid. But how do they like cope that. with you? Because you actively don't like football. but yeah. So you're there doing the biz, which is lovely, I being just, there for I, the lad. I just try and who get loves it. What's, yeah. I don't have to say his name, yeah. but um, <laughs> Mini Albert. I'll say his name, I just won't say my name. Yeah, no, Mini Albert. Yeah. How old Mini Albert now? Uh, football ten. Albert. Ten. ten. Yeah. Still dead into it. Yeah, yeah, he likes it. Because yeah, yeah. I've only met him that two or three times. Yeah. And it's taking about four seconds for him to mention fo- like a recent football yeah, yeah, result. Yeah. And I've just jumped in and we've chatted like yeah. he's my mate from work. Yeah, and we've yeah, gone, oh, yeah. I just see Tottenham. Yeah. Unbelievable. And you're just standing there going, right, guys, should we? what should we do? Should we go and watch a blues band? Or yeah, should, yeah. hey, should we talk about the Beatles? Yeah. And I'm like, do you mind? We're just having a little... Yeah. We're just fucking catching up on the premiership first and yes. then we'll get back to your fucking nonsense. Mm-hmm. But it's hilarious because he's quite confident with it, isn't he? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Yeah, he's a good lad, him. Yeah. Um, uh, back to me. Um, so, so how uh, do they cope with you on the touchline? Not there, giving well, there a was shit. a little bit today. There was a little bit of them talking about football. I just it's what I've always done. I just try and get the conversation on something I'm interested in, yeah. which, as you say, is very limited. Very. It's sort of uh, you know, it's um, you know, the Rolling Stones or sort of Woody Allen sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, I managed big to get train. them onto podcast. Wrote for Big Train. Oh, there we go. We're in. <laughs> That's good. You've got me there. I mean, I think yeah. in the end now, now we it's like. I don't. I don't ever think I'm never going to do that again because mm-hmm. it's still sort of my. I don't know if anyone cares anymore, but it's still the main thing that is like my professional skill yeah. on my CV and all that. But I don't mind looking at it as a thing that sort of that certainly the chapter of what it was has gone. Mm. So now I can look back at it and go, "What was that like? What mm. was the career?" And uh, there's two where you like we, we've always had a jokey competition. You love phoning me up and going, tell me, tell me like something that you've tried to try to get to happen and it's not, it's not worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, tell me what's going badly. Yeah. Like, come on, just give yeah. it to me. I need one. I need something yeah. because we've both yeah. been through relentlessly yeah. trying to get TV shows made and they, and they obviously mainly don't get fucking mm-hmm. made. Right. Um, so like we've always had that fun, fun, but, uh, now and again, one of us will be on something and the other one's a little bit like, oh shit, you're mm-hmm. on that. Oh mm-hmm. fuck. How did mm-hmm. you get on that? Yeah. Well, we, I mean, we could be on that if we wanted, right? Yeah. But maybe we, you know, like, for whatever reason, we pitched some stuff and we were like, yeah. oh, we didn't really have time to do it properly, so they didn't hire us. Yeah. But the two the two where you had, you had a, a nice couple of big ones was uh, Harry and Paul. Yeah. And, well, like you said, like, big, that was before I met you, but yeah. Big Train is a fucking banger of a show to yeah. have. Yeah, I mean, we didn't on. have much on it. Dave, my writing partner, actually wrote, I think, a bit of a classic sketch on it before we got together and it's yeah. the one in the first episode it's Simon Pegg and he was like a runner on the show Dave was yeah. and he pitched the idea to uh, Graham Linehan can we still say his name uh, <laughs> he, he said uh, uh, you know what about um, Simon Pegg's in there and uh, they'd already I think done a doctor's sketch he yeah. said while he's in there why doesn't he why don't you do another sketch where he's just on the phone it's quite a lot of balls for a runner to say this to the yeah, right. so why, why don't why doesn't he get a phone call saying uh, and he can't get off the phone and the person's yeah. dying yeah. and it worked, ended up a really great sketch it's a brilliant yeah. sketch yeah it's a really good one someone ripped it off for an ad as well didn't they uh, yeah I think they did yeah yeah, yeah I think you're did right. you ever get any did you get everyone in trouble for that no you know you just like all these things you, your agent would just say don't bother you know that was an interesting moment for me coming from advertising into comedy very back, that was back in the day when I was ta- I was talking about this to um, a younger creative person recently, and it was in the in the field of music. My mate Delphine, who I'm doing like music stuff with, 
and I was saying that all the people coming through now making their stuff are very happy to be open about being commercial mm -hmm. to get paid and then they've got their thing that they're working on that's theirs mm -hmm. but we were still in a generation where you were a fucking sellout if you weren't a purist mm. don't you think gentlemen gentlemen rices well, well that's, yeah. that's a little bit why I was sort of weird about like having my name to this in that I'm still a bit embarrassed about like promote myself. It's ridiculous to think about oh, promote right, myself now. Yeah, not, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's other things You've and other neurosis. But yeah. it, but I just sort of you know I never joined social media and all that. I think it's you know it's, it's I just sort of think it's sort of cooler to not ideally if you could do it and not not ever join anything. Who are you imagining? And not look like you're trying. cool. No, I know. Like, I where's know. that audience? But you can imagine. Like, I can imagine someone. How like, big's the venue with these people in that think you're cool? <laughs> just say that. I just thought, just don't start. Also, you can make mistakes if you Church just put hall. yourself out there. I'm just going to go up through different size okay. venues, right? The people who have noticed how cool you are yeah. by not having a profile, yeah. all assemble in one venue right, okay. called, called Take right. Your Hat Off to okay. Ali Crockett. Right. He's never sold out. All right. right. That's like a banner over the venue. Yeah. It's the church hall. Five or five, no, £10 a ticket. Oh, right. Okay. You've got to pay for it. Right. So Scout Hut. Yeah. That's maximum of 30 people. Okay. Well, the toilet in the Scout Hut. Yeah, the stall, as an American say, one stall in the toilet. One stall in the toilet. toilet in the scout hut. Then you've got above that, like a room above a pub, eighty people. Right. How many people in the world do you think is going? I'll say one thing about that, Ali Crockett. He doesn't go on the internet for whatever reason. Oh, I thought you were going to say he's cool, and I was going to try and give him. And, an oh yeah, and answer. in brackets, and the other, and then their friend says, yeah. "Well, you know what that is." Yeah. And they go, "What?" And he goes, "Well, he's cool." All right. And they go. Oh, I never really looked at it like that. Yeah, because he's got the. Oh, but he always wears the. Doesn't he wear okay, the same? Maybe it's not about being cool. Maybe it's more <laughs> like it's uncool to self-promote. I mean, there why do you think? You know, yeah, you yeah. Know. Um, that has changed rapidly, actually. Yeah, yeah. Ten years ago, there were. I would say, joking aside, what you're saying. Yeah. Quite a few writers and people who were like thinking of it as their craft mm -hmm. would be going, what am I supposed to go out there now and say, Hey everyone, I've mm -hmm. done this. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't sit well mm. with a lot of people. And then other people are going, yeah, but how else do I show the other people in the industry that I'm not dead yet? Mm. So like people started doing it on Twitter, basically. Yeah. Self-promotion was definitely in the air, but now that's fucking gone. Yeah. I mean, largely gone. I would have thought the younger people who were doing it were like, this is fine and let's do it. And maybe the older generation had more, yeah, just more shame about doing it. Why did it ever yeah, exist? Yeah, no, I, I, would, I, would, I can remember sort of doing yeah. it, but thinking, oh, do I look like a fucking, does this look desperate? Yeah. But now, because the industry isn't looking after us yeah. at all, yeah. I'm now like, all oh, right, I literally have to self-broadcast and self-promote mm -hmm. to exist. So... I remember there was a moment when yeah. Mitchell and Webb did their, um, they promoted Apple or You're right, PCs yeah. or something like that, and they got a bit of flack for it. They like, did. Oh, they you know, did. Ben Elton wouldn't do this. And that was maybe the turning point where they were like, yeah, we're, we're professionals, we're in the business of making Ben Elton, who, who, who created We Will Rock You for that's, the West End. That's all right. I, 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 I'm a great defender of him. I think he's great. I think, you know, I'm not, he's I'm never not done any... Him. I'm just saying someone's saying Ben Elton. Yeah, but he's done, a, he's done something there that is a you know, creative pursuit and he's getting tickets. He's not sort of selling himself out to promote something that he doesn't believe in. Do you know what I mean? He's mm. not like Ant and Deck saying, oh, here's a bank. We don't know anything of how much it will rip you off, but we'll do adverts well, for it. I agree with you up to a point, but when the thing that I still don't know how I feel about someone cleverly coming up with a big mainstream hit, if it well, is he was devoid a, of, he's a massive music fan. Right. And then you have Queen approaching you. I think something Robert De Niro is producing or something. Anyway, 
Queen say, you know, we'd like you to write this, and you're a massive fan of, you know, I mean, you, just do, sort you, of like take, you take the phone call, Mac and Ringo, sort of say, yeah. you know, we 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 got this project, hey, you're ma'am. interested, yeah, you're not going to think, oh, this might be a bit too commercial. Hey, for me. Just watch your funny cut from E4 from 2008, <laughs> and we think you're the man to take yeah. the Beatles canon into the comedy mainstream in right. the West End. I don't know which Beatle that I is. Was, yes, it's 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 not Macca. I know I know you can do a few. But that <sighs> was that was between George and Ringo. I'd it was one. It was. I didn't really commit there. I think Paul's like yeah, a little bit good. like that, you know. A little bit of that. We're just more lads from Liverpool, you know. But then George Harrison, the only line I have in my head for him is, um, if I want you to graft, you'll graft, you know. Is that from something? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've seen it on something. Right, I thought it might be. I think it might have been like. There's in Let It Be where Paul McCartney's telling him how he wants to play the song. Right, okay. Whatever it is you want me to play, I'll play. And I'll if you don't want me all. to play, I yeah, won't yeah. play. Yeah, I know, yeah. Lovely. I really felt for him in that. Right. I mean, he was bringing, he brought in something, didn't he, to those, in yeah. those sessions. Yeah. And they didn't exactly ignore it, but it's a bit like you could feel the, oh, yeah, I might. I mean, that was relatively unformed then. There were other classics that were on that first album that he was bringing in, and they were saying, yeah, not good enough. Um, All Things Must Pass, you know. Fuck. Yeah. But you know that day where he walks, so it's in the the Get Back thing? Yeah. What they don't say in there, because um, uh, Jackson, whatever, didn't want to go there, Mm. is that actually you you sort of think, oh, this is all about the music, and he's being ignored, and he's got all this stuff, but, you know, because Macca and Lennon sort of, you know, uh, have got such sort of pedigree as songwriters, they're not giving him a chance. But actually what's also happening there, and then some of that, you know, is going to be true, is that he was having, uh, he'd, he'd moved a woman into his house mm. while his wife was already there. Oh, God. And uh, sleeping with her. And then I think saying, right, let's, so let's this mm. be a setup. And then, you know, I think Pat was going, thruple, no, no, no. Effectively a thruple. Yeah, exactly. Is it thruple or thruple, whatever it is. And well, I, I mean, think it she's... couple, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. Rather than couple. Right, okay. Which is a close shop. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> for people that actually dress like George Harrison and Patty. Right, right, it? okay. What's she called? Yeah, fashion joke's going to be lost on me. Uh, Patty Boyd. Yeah, right. Originally. Yeah, yeah right. Patty Harrison, I guess. Was she ever Patty Clapton? I don't know. So P- Patty was the Clapton one. Yeah, George's. And yes. he, yeah, he fell yeah. for it and then broke Clapton's heart. Uh Yes, well, he, he was but then brave eventually, then go. she went back. Then she went back. He yeah. was brave enough to go to Clapton, money and say, "Listen, Eric, I need to be honest with you. I'm going to steal your girlfriend." And he's just like, "This isn't right. You think you've got this the wrong way around? You think that uh, Patty Boyd was with Eric Clapton before George Harrison? Oh, right. No, is no, no. So what happens is George Harrison meets her on right. a Hard Day's Night. So she's in a Hard Day's Night. Right. It's like one of the schoolgirls. They right. meet there, so and they, their okay. relationship blossoms, and they're with each other till. I don't but know when, sort of 72 girl. or something. No, no, she was a model. And then, uh, and then, uh, so then Clapton then sort of starts having an affair with her. Mm. I think maybe she says no, and then George Harrison says, oh, no, it's fine, you can, or something like that, because he's sleep with everybody, also, including Ringo's wife. Right? That's in, that's another thing that, oh, really? Yeah. So that's that's the, but, so if you haven't guessed, Ali fucking loves talking about the Beatles. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. And to be honest, I'm all for it. If this is where this goes, yeah. and then it has gone there, I'm very happy with that, because um, you're in your element. But um, broadly on that subject yeah. and then coming back to the Beatles, I find it really interesting. Like we're in a moment at the moment where I feel like I'm of an age group where I'm looking at how young people are seeing relationships, sex, sexuality, gender, all of it. Yeah. It's like something's happening that is like, I feel like old people were watching the hippies going, what the fuck? Are, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the point. fuck? Don't, yeah. I don't disagree or agree mm-hmm. or not agree. or I'm yeah. like, 
moving here has actually really helped me. So yeah. I've been around more young people yeah. and just sort of, I'm just like, well, fuck, you're just like, you, you're fucking going for it. Yeah. They've got something happening at the moment that I can only compare to the hippie movement and, in, and, in, its, and, in its sort of tearing down of rules. Okay. And those rules being I mean? sort of, um, uh, it's seedy to go up to somebody in a bar and chat them up. Yeah. But doing it digitally is... What were your fingers? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that really sort of old-fashioned talk digitally? Do people not say that now? No, I, I think know. you're right, I but I just that. couldn't resist. Anyway, <laughs> doing it on the internet is absolutely fine. Well, not yeah. I mean, even then, there's kind of... What's the, difference? What's the revolution that you see? What What is different? Just the fact that they're sort of meeting online and not knowing each other well and stuff? No, I think it's broader than that. I think, I think there's um, bunches of mates who are really, really mixed in, like, crazy fashion. Yeah. Uh, undefined parameters of sexuality, right, lots right, of different right. labels. Okay. Weirdly, you know, and I'm not. I don't want to say. Yeah. Trying, I'm not trying to be controversial. Yeah, yeah. There's a sort of don't label us, yeah. but actually they've got shitloads of labels. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like the the thing is there's lots. The, it's a fucking bigger. Uh, yeah. It's a broad. It's an even broader church than we'd always yeah. said it was. And lots of people being and, polysexual and saying we yeah. can all sleep with each other and who cares and you know, yeah. And yeah. like it's the person, not the gender, and all right. that sort of stuff is in the air in such a big way mm-hmm. that. Uh, like I said, you know, people who are like sat watching fucking GB News mm. or Piers Morgan will think that it's like an evil craze mm-hmm. that's come to destroy us mm. all. And oh, I, I'm not getting into the sort of Twitter version of all that arguing because okay. it's horrible. And like you said, can we mention him? Graham Linhern, all that stuff. What I've been doing recently is hanging around with people because I'm doing some music down here. And therefore, there's like young people who are like, oh, can we play on your night? And then they come along. And then basically a bunch of kids wearing what looks to me like jumble sale clothes, like completely not worrying about what gender the clothing mm. is supposed to be. And mm. and they're all like just fucking buzzing about together mm. and being really supportive yeah. and not all bullying each other mm. about why well, you look a bit weird yeah, or you're yeah, yeah. There's a bit, and it's like they've sit, obviously it's not yeah, everyone because right. you're still going to get like your Towie type mm. people. Mm. I suppose that's like townies versus alternatives back when we were young. But yeah. But even when but you I actually kind of, watch Towie, yeah. they don't have a real mix. They'll have like, yeah. you know, I mean, they might yeah. have someone trans on ta- Towie now. They've always had sort of gay characters just hanging out yeah. with a really macho character right. and it being absolutely fine. But but I, uh, when I think about the 70s or the, the 60s and 70s, it's a, it's an odd one, isn't it? Because the, the, the era immediately before that is super repressed. Yeah. And everything's dishonest and behind closed doors. and Yeah back street and it's basically Saturday night Sunday morning or mm. what's what's the what's yeah Saturday night Sunday mm. morning is the, is the uh, one, pregnancy Finney? one right they're all they're all bunny, uh, yeah they're all the yeah, ones, aren't they? right yeah and when you look at that that what the angry young what are they called the bright young things the angry no the uh, angry uh, angry young men the angry young men yeah. like the writers yeah. from like early yeah. 60s yeah late 50s early I 60s I fucking love that stuff yeah. right you know uh, what was he called Albert Finney yeah yeah in another album, my second favorite album. Okay, um, it was so repressed. Then you were basically, in if, if we're walking around in society, it's like the grown-ups are in charge of everything, and you're basically a kid until you're a, a mm. sort of boring middle-aged man tinkering with a car, right? Yeah. And then literally, like three, four years later, mm. you've got shaking your head and screaming a bit. Yeah. But it, two years on from that, mm. it's fucking psychedelic. Mm. And free love, and um, everyone—they were all quite politicized and yeah. all that. Like, yeah. it's a bit of a mad decade, isn't it? Mm. From sixty to sixty-nine, mm. 
Is it your favourite decade? I'd say, I, I would guess that yeah, it probably it is. is. I mean, I'm such a cliche, so I probably like, you know, 60s movies and 70s films, probably, which I'm sure is a very sort of standard. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. No, I can get on board with that. I think we were saying the other night, we had, we had some bloke was up, uh, singing in the pub we were in, and I've got a mate who's a guitarist who knows music inside out, but he's very militant about saying, in in a way that is only a music nerd would think like this, but it's like, it's all fucking amazing up to the seventies. And then it stops. And after that, everyone's copied everything. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I would never be that. uh, No, I don't want to be that tied to an idea. No, but I I can admire the idea behind it. Yeah. I think you, I think you could make an argument or somebody's made an argument to me before, and I'm going to try and pass it off as my own, (laughs) uh, that rock and roll sort of does finish with punk. Right. And, you know, since then there's dance music and all that and different music and you give it a different label. But sort of rock music, I mean, like, it didn't feel like Britpop was anything new or anything. Pop was maybe this last... It was a revival. Uh, Yeah, just... Well, to me, that's what the first... We always end up going back here. The first few Oasis songs... Yeah. And you're going, oh, well, we've forgotten about this because it's all, it had all gone grungy, Mm -hmm. which was never for me. Mm -hmm. Big black jumpers and long hair was Mm -hmm. never for me. And then some lads came along that, from around our area, but the riffs were like T-Rex. Yeah. And yeah. they were talking about the Beatles. I mean, I think yeah. people overstate how much Oasis sound yeah, like agree, the Beatles. Yeah, I agree. They don't sound like the fucking no. Beatles. They mention them a bit. Mm, and there's right. the occasional Mellotron or a bit of backwards yeah. guitar. Yeah, but they sound right. fuck all like the Beatles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've not seen anything happen where it's taken off again in a completely new direction. You're mm. going, oh, shit, there's... We thought it was a corpse, but it's come back to life, and now it's gone over there. Everything, every every sort of like new, good surge of guitar yeah. stuff. Obviously, it's massively influenced by what's yeah. all the brilliance that's gone gone before, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember like, so I, I was born in nineteen seventy, so around sort of eighty six, eighty seven, I was going, oh, something always happens, like you know. You know, it's mid to late fifties. You got sort of rock and roll, and then the sixties, late sixties, get psychedelia, and then the late seventies. You know, mid to late seventies punk. I was like, "What's going to be our thing? What is it? You know, it's got to come along." And I think I just missed it, and it was sort of raved. You know what I mean? That came along at eight nine, but no, I wasn't no, really right. into it. You know what I mean? Because you're right. I I feel the same. Yeah. In the era, we were going right. I'm I'm here with, with my sort of tough fucking like lager and guitar stance. What's yeah. next? Yeah. But the thing that actually went mad, actually hip hop as well. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. The thing, the thing that blew up and caused the revolution just wasn't a guitar-based thing. Yeah, yeah. And so you're sort it. of going, "Oh well, rock and roll's dead, isn't it?" Yeah. But actually, it was just over there, mm. and it's really hard to tell, isn't it? Whether, I mean, obviously McCartney's around; he's carried on being a sort of traditional musician using guitars and whatever else. Yeah. But you do wonder if uh, if Lennon would have lived longer, and I suppose. Bowie is a bit like this, and with with very mixed results. But Bowie embraced technology and made some like rubbish music. Yeah, I mean, then, I think you. But then found a groove and sort of did yeah. some cool stuff again. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you're wrong about McCartney because he did the album McCartney One in 1980, and I think right. that's sort of all sort of synths and very right, forward okay. looking. And yeah. he was sort of more like that, more progressive than John Lennon in the 70s, who was doing quite, you know, think of his did stuff. In, off, his though? stuff in 1980 is all sort of just apologetic ballads. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and they still make Beatles songs out of them now. You know. Um, but, but yeah. yeah, there were people love that McCartney album, and then he didn't he have a character called the Fireman. I mean, I don't listen to any of these guys right. post sort of. So he goes a bit conceptual. So you, you heard of the Fireman, right? He did some sort of like 
dance albums McCartney's done and all that no, sort of thing. I don't know thing. that. I yeah, mean, yeah, I've yeah, got to yeah. admit, I'm not... Um, I think he did it under another name, so it would be, sort right. of, you know, it wouldn't have all that baggage. Phil McCartney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Billy Shears. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. Um, yeah, we... Uh, I don't think we ever go out without ending up in a Beatles or Stones hole. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did it when I was 15. So like I said, I've never evolved since from when I was 15 sort of thing. That's still, I still have the same Let's conversation in the pub. It always goes, it always goes there. It always goes to chatting about, you know. I've basically given you, and, I've given you know. 15 minutes of just saying the stuff you always say. Yeah. Uh, desperately bored inside listening to this again. Okay. But so there's, so uh, without prying too hard. Can I get some more water while you? Yeah. Can you fill? Are you capable of filling for uh, t- 10 seconds? I don't, I'm not going to fill. I'll just edit it out. There you go. Is your mouth dry because you're nervous? Probably. Yeah. You try and make me Is it like the fucking Stasi? <laughs> you need the one. This light should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, yeah. Question is, you've said it yourself. There, I wouldn't have thrown something like this in to yeah. the mix, but you've said it, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm following the the line. Yeah. What do you think made you go right? This is it, and then you you've stayed there in in. Yeah. You know, not not in, in as a whole person, yeah. but just like I get that because I remember being young, working yeah. in our pub, yeah, and there were Teddy Boys, mm. and it was nineteen eighty fucking six, mm. and there were blokes who were sixty years old with woodbines, with a duck's ass, mm. who when they were still putting Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis and mm. is that the right name? Uh, yeah, yeah, Buddy no, Ollie and whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's confusing. Jerry Lewis, Jerry, Jerry Lewis, Lewis, Jerry, yeah. Lewis, Jerry Lee yeah. Lewis is the pianist. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they found their fucking mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, and that's it, mm. right? And now you see it here. I'm, I'm sort of glad I jumped out of the mod thing because okay. I'm 50 now, mm-hmm. and when I look, I, I still love seeing the mods in Brighton on scooter days, okay. but they're some of them. Are, it's like they're nearly 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And they're driving around with a big long coat with a who on it, sort mm-hmm. of glaring at people, mm-hmm. and it's like you're a pensioner, yeah, <laughs> right. But so I sort of love that yeah. for someone because it's like that's that's so definitely their thing. Why yeah. should they ever be apologetic about that? Yeah. But your thing being a red anorak, okay. a pair of baggy jeans, mm-hmm. and a gift gaff mobile. Yeah. <laughs> what made that happen? Um. I mean, you know. How can you explain how you why why you don't get into things? You know, I don't I don't know why I've sort of got no interest in sort of like clothes and fashion. But having said that, these days in the last few years, I think oh, I'd quite like to be stylish or or to care and but but I, I but I yeah, just but don't. And then it gets to a stage music, gets to a stage where it just be weird. You were talking about Alistair Grease suddenly wearing different sort of clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, after yeah, yeah, you yeah. just can't pull it off to just no. do a new look, can you? Well, I, I always to... thought like that with Bono when he came on as McFisto, and it's like. Oh, suddenly you've got a sense of humour. Where you know where the fuck's this? Where's that from? been fucking yeah. hiding? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. You know, if a mate of yours did that in a pub, of like, yeah. you know, just came in one day, they'd yeah. been a mod, and then next day yeah. just came in with yeah. these shades and a rocker yeah. and a leather jacket yeah. turned up. Yeah, you what's know, happened there? You, 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 you know, you wouldn't stomach it, but it's somehow a, it just you... looks like a personal crisis, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. And it probably is. Yeah. I mean, having an image like that in the first place, it is a, it's a mask. Mm. So, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not questioning you on style choices yeah. I just I literally kind of mean you've said music 60s yeah. film 70s yeah. and that's your lane yeah it is I tell you what's quite good is that comedy it doesn't sort of work like that you are open so when brilliant stuff comes along you know when like 90s you know that sort of great sort of you know whether it's uh, 
know, mm. Coogan or, you know, yeah. Partridge or Peep Show or The Office and all this great stuff. You're totally open to it because it's just, fun. You, can't, you know, it's just undeniable. It's just fucking great. Well, what you're but making... with music, I've never really had that. It had, stuff hasn't come along where I thought, you know, you know, this is as good as the old stuff. I mean, Actually, so I'm I put, the reverse. I put Radio 6 on sometimes and I never hear something that, that mm. I think this is better yeah, than yeah, the yeah. stuff. And I know it's different and I should have more yeah. open ears, but I just don't think it's any better. You can't help whether you don't know, yeah. you don't choose who you fall in love with. Do yeah. you? It's with music, comedy and, and culture, you don't, you can't fucking fake it. I mean, that's a good point, Nico. Like people, uh, people don't get hammered for having a uh, monogamous relationship for 50, 60 years. Do yeah, they? No, they get no. praised for it. Yeah, yeah. But if you just stick the with same like, haircut, if you keep and... the same thing and just always watch the same comedy show yeah. and, do you yeah. know what I mean? It was like, what's the what's the what's that pro- person's problem? Yeah, anyway? like you married, you basically married the who, yeah, and stayed married to them, yeah, and now yeah, you're yeah. a cab driver. Yeah, you're faithful. Um, well, actually, funnily enough, that's that's part of the appeal why people have their football team, mm. because whether or not you like you personally like mm. the sport, or whether it's just like, well, who cares? And it's mm. what are they arguing about and whatever. What it is in the long run is one thing that will be constant in the same way that people felt about like the monarchy. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a, it's an institution you've mm-hmm. gone. That's my one. I'm choosing that one. And you stick with it through thick and thin. And it's sort yeah, it's an identity for me. Like though, when you were saying then about comedy versus music, mm. you made me realize that I am actually the flip of what you are, mm-hmm. which is I did. I freed myself up from the narrow Manchester music. Mm-hmm lane that I was in and at the same time as I sort of changed the haircut and then through so when are we what era are we talking about now then 2013 I went it's when that security guard at HMV looked at me and put his thumbs up and went Paul Weller and I went I wouldn't mind him saying that but he said it because I've got grey hair yeah and now I don't know if I'm if I can carry up this look that I would have loved to have looked like George Harrison in fucking 1964 okay. forever. But it's like, but you don't look like that. Mm-hmm. You you look like you basically look like a dinner lady, mm-hmm. right? So I thought, well, hang on, there needs to be someone else in. I was looking around because you're right. It's like, oh, I can't just be. I don't know what I am. Mm. So then it's like, I've seen a few people like Richard Hawley or. Yeah. Uh, like old art tutor people that I'm friends with, and he's like, "Oh, there's a sort of, there's another lived-in mm. creative bloke that that ages quite well." So it's like it was actually like a conscious. I don't mean that in a really like what's the, the curated way, mm-hmm. but I just thought I can't carry that off anymore. I'm gonna have to. It's it's chin scratching in the jeans shop, mm-hmm. going, "What what what can I do and not do anymore mm. that will have people going? Oh, he's hanging on." Yeah. Right, so I, I'm quite happy with that. But funnily enough, that then it took a while, but I've slowly been introduced to lots more different types of music. Mm. And part of, part of the influence there actually was when I was in uh, I was in that long distance relationship with a girl, Canadian girl, who's got really sort of like cool underground. I mean, it's not like that. She's like forties, mm-hmm. mid mid forties now. But she's still buying like vinyl from some like newly pressed cool thing from Feist or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And really keeping an eye on who's interesting and who's out there. And so we were just ending up in conversations where I'm basically finally getting that I've not made much of an effort. So now it's not like I'm buying loads of records now, but the songs that I'm listening to are totally broadly across a much all eras, all styles. Yeah, I just fall in love with tracks now. I mean, that's sort of Spotify's fault. Mm. But what I like about it is that my idea of what 
a song is or what good music is is properly broad and that's stood me in good stead now that I'm here and I'm doing like music and meeting lots of people who are younger than me doing music yeah I now don't feel like I'm an anachronism mm. you know what I mean whereas when you're saying about oh, staying open to comedy I can't look at it right I'm not saying ever yeah but Oh, I don't seek out much. I, just, I mean, I was talking about stuff that's well. You know, if you heard a bit of a room that something's great, mm. like you, you, you told me that. Um, what's that thing that, uh, that, that the podcast where the, the, there's two guys, and Brian, Brian and Roger. Yeah, and you sort of said that, so you've given it recommendation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it a go. It's absolutely brilliant. You know, yeah, you're totally open yeah. to something when it's great. Yeah, it's just you know, it's it's, just it's rare that things it's just are once great. every sort of two three years, or maybe not even that. Once every five years, that something will be great in comedy. The other the other one at that same era was. Um, What's she called? Dingy Wright, White, no. Jessica Wright, no. Steve, Julia, Wright. Julia. Uh, I'm fucking old, aren't I? You know, Julia Wright. No, not Julia Wright. Fucking married to Bush. Oh, Julia Davis. Yeah, that might be a movie star. But I know that. Yeah, yeah. What did she do then? She did some sweary podcasts. Well, I never tried Vic, that. Vicky Pepperdine and her. Yeah, did a yeah. Thing. I know people um, like that. I never gave that a go. I now I'm just fucking having like a I think, senior moment. I think it, I it was think agony. Right, they were agony. Why, putting, Joan and Jerrica. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was so so funny. Right. I mean, it got called like I, I, I'd see reviews for it, and it would people would say oh, it was gloriously filthy and all that. Mm. It always sort of puts me off that because it's usually some square sort of newspaper like the Guardian sort of saying it. Yeah. So I, I, I sort of puts me off giving it. A but try. if, if like something was scripted and yeah. gloriously filthy, I, I, I'd be the same. Yeah. But because they were trying not to laugh. Yeah. 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 Because the three the three things I've laughed the most at in the last five years mm. are Brian and Roger, yeah. Joan and Jerrica, yeah. and the, um, the the podcast that Joe Wilkinson, David Earl did with the first version when there was three of them with Poppy Hillstead called Gossip Mongers. Yeah, yeah. And they were reading out. People are sending in, mm-hmm. like, there used to be a guy on our road who, and it's that sort of urban myth, local yeah. thing about someone yeah. weird around your way. Yeah. and where that went or what, what mm-hmm. people said happened. And you're not in that conversation, but I was screaming laughing. Right, right. Like I could, like what I love about, uh, on, on, on something, not bigging this up because we're having a half serious conversation, mm-hmm. but I've had some really fun moments where me and Matt Morgan have been in, the, in, in, we've suddenly found a riff yeah. and we've gone for it. Yeah. And you've known when you're doing it that it's worked. Yeah. And then you get people who are listening to it saying, my my fucking missus is asking me to sleep in the other room yeah, because yeah, I'm yeah. trying to listen to it at night. And when when you hit a little thing that is uh, a pure little moment, mm. no one saw it coming, yeah. and then you mine it, and you are, it's a it's a very different thing. It's sort of not comedy, is it? It's comedy. You're hearing comedy writing. Right. If you're hearing people think of the thing, they're finding and you can't they stumbled hide, across the yeah, seam, finding it. Well, you're with it's them as glorious. well on the journey up to that, aren't you? Because you love you, that. You've been in a normal. You've been listening to a normal conversation involved in it. It's in your mm. ears, and then they've found the funny thing at the yeah. same time as you. And then also, so Joan and Jericho was like that for me. Right, right. Oh, I'll give it a go. It's really funny, but that's three things I couldn't. I couldn't honestly tell you. I know there has been good things. There's there's some big hitters that I I've just been lazy and I haven't watched them. So the the Canadian one, Shit's Creek. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm put off by anything that's got like hundreds of episodes. You know, yeah, some no, of these yeah. American ones, you think, oh, I can't, I can't face all that. You know what I mean? But basically, I've not sat down in anger to yeah. rub my hands and go, right, that, that's on. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to. I think it's probably that's the sad thing about inside little... number nine is okay. is like yeah, yeah. the point where I I start 
ble- yeah. start bleeding out. And it's yeah. ve- very, very funny. Yeah. I haven't watched them all, yeah. but it was like, that was the last thing where I'm going, I've got to watch them. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then mean, I didn't. Yeah. yeah. And since then, I've just. Yeah. I don't know. I just yeah. feel differently about where funny comes from in your life. Yeah. One of the, the sad things are like hardly any comedy is on TV anymore is you don't get that excitement when something absolutely tanks those sort of disaster shows. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, and you look at the writing credits, seeing who you know who's oh, written going on there, and all right. that sort of thing. I know where this is going. <laughs> I'm going to think some of yours. Your favourite no, your favorite thing that ever happened to me yeah. was when I was involved in a thing and you never stopped rinsing me for it because oh, I was I part of a TV show. I think I've mentioned it before. I think it's okay because... I'm friends with loads of people who worked on it, and it was just a was fucking it, disaster. Come on, say it. Just say it. <laughs> was it the Stephen K. Amos show? That was that was pretty bad. Oh, is it not that one? All oh, right, okay. There was some there was some sketch VTs in that that I was in as an actor. Didn't write any of that, but there were some VTs in it that were, you know, they were fucking like fifteen years out of date. What was that? Then? It was what? really Route One. I'll give you a clue. Yeah. I was the voice of it. The wall, yeah. The wall. No one's going to remember the wall. No. Well, you can Google it though. Yeah. BBC Three, the wall. Mm. It launched. I think there was one series. Is it Alexa Chung. Alexa Chung and Reese Thomas ended up. Lee being the Mack host. did the pilot. He did, and he, and he was very yeah. funny. Yeah, but but he fucking pulled that out of the out of the fucking yeah, right. toilet. Yeah. Because it was no one's fault that was involved. It was yeah. like what people don't realise when people are trying to make a thing. Like the the person in the street doesn't realise that that's effectively people working on a machine that they're trying to build an aeroplane and then it's supposed to check the engines, mm. fill it full of fuel, mm. and then it takes off and you see how it does. Yeah. But if if like you're building that airplane and then on the Tuesday someone says all these screws are the wrong size, you can't fucking fly that plane. Yeah. Or but but the but in the difference is. But it, but the flight is on Tuesday, so you have to put it out with yeah. wonky wings. Yeah. Right. So that's what happened with the wall. Is that three weeks before it went live, because it was a live. Mm. I think it was live. I think it was a yeah, live studio was show. It. Yeah. It was like an hour long. And its whole thing like was Friday like, Night Live. Saturday Facebook live. has a wall, so we're going to call our thing a wall. Yeah. That was it. Wasn't so it? there was a wall. It was screened. There was a load of shows that tried to sort of. Get, everybody's going, uh, doing this new social media yeah. thing. So let's try yeah. and make a program. They had, they had Lily Allen and Friends was, I yeah. think, a, a, an yeah, effort yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. And so the idea was they would have live acts, Edinburgh acts. They'd have two hosts mm. with a little bit of a sort of banter between them. Yeah. And the wall would play like VTs from new people. So like I was in a couple of them. Right. T- uh, Tony Izzett was, was a character. Oh, it was actually yeah. very funny. Yeah. Which I didn't get the first time, mm-hmm. and then I started. Like Jamie, he was called Jamie Glassman. Yeah. He's really, really brilliant. But what was was the principal people like Joe Public can send their funny video in, and it can make it up on the wall, and it'll be showed on TV. It might have been that that I don't think that was that. Right. I worked on another one like that yeah. about three years later, and that was called Funny Plus One. Right. I mean, that's like, that. what does that mean? Yeah. Like, and that was a pilot shot in Manchester in yeah. Salford Studios. Okay. Again, talented people. Uh, um, who am I thinking of? Um, Kerry, um, Howard, yeah. um, my friend Mona, who's does like an Iranian woman, mm-hmm. businesswoman, Tala Khosravian, okay. who's like a sort of uh, Dubai apprentice runner-up. Right, right. Like just stuff like that and VTs. Will Andrews did a brilliant right. sketch about uh, a lone assassin, but the joke was, um, I work alone with my wife. 
and my kids. And so the sketch was him right. on a job like like right. Leon, the, right. the, the the hitman film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's got his wife and right. his kids with right. him. It was like right. it was so good. So there's loads of good bits yeah. of it. But funny plus one, that was like, hey, someone who doesn't who's never been on telly, yeah. they'll get their one minute. Yeah. to come on and do their thing and we'll help them do it. And, and it, it sort of didn't mean to, but it sort of felt like a gong show. Yeah. And But anyway, going back to the wall, the wall was just like a thing to play the VTs on, which is, I don't know if you listen, if that's a technical term, just means playing a sketch in, to, you know, in, into the TV show. So there was loads of bits of it that were all right, but all those bits were already in place. Three weeks before it went live, it was supposed to be Noel Fielding Right. And the set would have been like gothic. Mm. It might have been. I can remember having a, a, a brainstorm where we were going, "Okay, we're okay, we've got it, we've got it." So he was signed up to be the host. Yeah, you think? yeah. Right. So, it, what are we doing with the studio though? Like, what is the the precinct, as mm. you'd say? Mm. Where, I mean, all right. So it's a hotel. It's a rickety old hotel, a bit like Faulty Towers, mm. but like like what you'd imagine Noel Fielding lives in, where mm. it's a bit surreal and gothic, yeah. and there might even be a, a puppet in a cupboard, and yeah. you know, wonky staircases and cobwebs. And that will be the theme of it all, and then we'll. That will be the reason that that's that, and that means that the guests come in, and then a little bit like the Muppets, it's like they're checking in, and then they're going to be on, and whatever. Everyone's going, yeah, 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 that's it. It's like everyone works on that for say a week, mm-hmm. and then there's a big fucking scary meeting when everyone says, "Don't go home yet," and it's like a load of ashen-faced execs come out of a room and go, "Noel Fielding's not doing it." And to be fair, no one can ever go at what happened after that. From that point on, right. you've just been told that whoever's making the wings is not yeah. making the wings. Yeah, and yeah. The show's still got to go out. Yeah. So you've basically got to make the show every week, yeah. knowing that it's probably not working. But we can't really say that. And it's no one's fault. And actually, we might find our feet. And anyway. The... Let me ask you a question. Yeah. I don't know what you're rambling about. Um, uh, what's the closest you've got to getting some one of your own things on that looked like it was going to be really you know it was all happening and then it's been snatched away from you what on a on a on a collaborative show uh no, no maybe just you but i presume you'd probably be collaborating with somebody what i mean, mean have, like you, have you got close you, to getting have you got close to getting about... your own sitcom on tv and then it hasn't happened i've had what i've had is um what's the closest and then tell me how it all went wrong <laughs> <laughs> I guess settle down. It's like as if I've never told you yeah. these stories before. You can't, right? Basically, I think one one that felt like it 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 would go mm. was a sitcom that a sitcom script that I wrote while my little boy we lived in St Albans and my little mm. boy was like probably three, mm. and you know, obviously, you're, we're all looking around at our life, going, "Oh my god, I'm in a sitcom." Effectively, it's Motherland. Yeah. But it's before I think that. I remember this idea, yeah. right? And it's dad. I literally just called it the dads. Yeah. And the re the, what the germ of the idea was was mm. from a night out that I went on with the dads in St Albans. Yeah. And to me, the sort of insight was, um, and and I'll tell you how it got how it got picked up as a pilot. Basically, lovely Shane Allen, mm. who who now who lives down here, and um, yeah, he was a sort of uh, important kind of commissioner type yeah. guy, right? So I'd go to Channel Four. Can I just say I disapprove of describing anybody as lovely in TV? Dear, but yeah, or just you know, I worked with that actress. She Shane's was great. Right, or she though. was lovely. I'm sure you know. I'm yeah. a nice guy. Lovely. But just calling, dear, just dear Shane. You know, Adam. you don't expect people who work in like sort of the double yeah. glazing industry to always describe people as lovely and stuff. But people just do it <laughs> dear, in TV, dear Albert. especially if they're an actor or an actress. All right, just do you want right. the story or not? No, I just sort of 
just make that point. All anyway, right. go on. <laughs> so right, so I go to see I go to see Shane Allen. Yeah, with Lo- lovely guy, lovely guy. Yeah, big friend of mine. Yeah. We go, we go, we're we're planning to go cycling together for okay. our mental health. Okay, thanks, guys. Um, I go in there with a I've I've drawn a little sheet that's got titles of sitcoms and a little illustration of what it is because mm. I can't be asked going through like here's five different treatments. So I sat there and I went. This one's about dads. This one's about uh, a load of lost music that, that I would then make comedy music out of. This mm. one's, you know, set on the fucking island, and it's I had one called Rocket Men, which was about the British space program, oh, yeah. which was a cool idea, but mm. I couldn't back it up. I didn't really give a shit about it. Right. Whereas the dads, mm. I basically sat there and I said, I went fucking hell, Shane. I, uh, I went basically. My 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 then wife has come to me and said, "You're going to the pub on Friday," mm. and I'm like, "I'm what?" And she said, "Yeah, you, the dads are going to the pub, and like, it'd be really good, and you'd be able to bond with them." You're going, I'm like, "You're telling me which men I'm going to the pub with? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't understand what you're saying to me. Yeah. Like, you mean these people that sometimes come in our house, and none of us look at each other? Yeah. Like, no." Yeah. And she was like, "No, you've got you've got to make make an effort. We're yeah. all a network, all helping each other." Yeah. Fucking hell, fine. So I go out on that night, and. To this day, a couple of them are friends of mine. Yeah. But basically, you're talking about eight guys out on a night out. And I'm just like, why has this happened to me? This is not... I should be in Soho with you, mm-hmm. getting drunk in the French house. Mm-hmm. But instead, I'm going for an awkward curry with some guys telling me about his conservatory. <laughs> and I just thought, well, this is a... That is... We're in the hunt at that point. Yeah. That's a sitcom. Yeah. That's a trap. So I, I remember you telling me this, and that there was uh, somebody said uh, a guy who worked in the army. I think. Yeah. Say, say that. That was funny. Though. All right. Fuck, man. Like I'm still scared to tell the story. Oh, then don't. But the- I'll tell you why I'm scared to yeah. tell the story. So I'll start with the scary bit, okay. but then I'll tell the story because okay. he's not going to hear this. <laughs> this geezer lives on my road, and we're all whispering at each other at toddlers' barbecues. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like a kid. You know, when we're all out with our kids, and there's like someone's lit a barbecue, and we're all having a beer. And it's really polite, and it's all about the kids. And oh yeah, isn't it great? How's 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 little Joseph doing? Oh, that's so good. Oh yeah, because uh, he's been really struggling with his poos this week. <laughs> all that. And um, but but my mate's like, you know, Kev's a marine. He's like, what? Yeah, he's been a marine, and he was in, like, he did like a bit of like deep op stuff in like Iraq, some pretty heavy stuff, and now he's like undercover. We're sort of not supposed to know this, but all the wives have already said it to each other. Mm. He is one of the people that's walking around London in a leather jacket following terrorists and stuff, right? Mm. So we're going, that's fucking cool, but don't tell anyone. Like We're not supposed to know. But it's like, well, I'm at a, I'm at a barbecue in mm. suburbia and the whole place is whispering about that this guy's a spy, yeah. right? So we all go out on this night out and... I'm going to keep getting his name wrong. Kev. Kev, you've gone with Kev. I go to the toilet and I come back and all these guys are sort of laughing, but a couple of them look quite scared. Mm. And I walked into him as he was saying, when you clear a village, you clear a village. Let's just put it that way. I was like, what fucking hell. And he was quite pissed. And now he was getting a bit loose lip going, look, when we're out there, if you're out there for six months, what happens is they stri- you, you've got to strip away all your morals and all your you know, your humanity. Mm. And we're, we're, we're like a, he's basically describing Lord of the Flies, but for Marines. And I remember him saying something like, if the drinking game is that you've got to suck his dick, Mm. (laughs) right? If you don't suck his dick, Mm. that means you're gay. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, that going, what, just don't move your face. (laughs) 
don't because obviously I want to go. That that's that feels a little bit like you've well, you've gone quite deep into yeah. the opposite of what you think. Yeah. But but you, this guy's not going to laugh. Yeah, you know, he's been friendly. Yeah, but now he's telling us the truth, yeah. and we're all fucking like listening. Yeah. So anyway, so we an hour later we're in a curry house, and one of the most alpha other ones in the group has literally got his tie around his head, right, right with him, and they're going to the to the waiter. Yeah, no, could you like make the hottest curry you've ever made? Right. right. And you're just sitting there going, This is fucking I can't say it's pathetic. Yeah. This guy could kill me with one with his thumb. Yeah. But I don't really understand what's happening. Mm. And and he anyway, he's trying to tell me, he's trying to say, Look, mate, what it's all about, right? People think it's all about violence, it's about stealth. And I'm going, Right, yeah, stealth, thanks. Thanks for telling me, Kev. <laughs> and then I chat to someone on my other side, and then I I look back round at Kev and there's a pint, a frothing pint on the table, right? And he goes, feel that. And I went, all right. So I grabbed the glass and it was lukewarm. Mm. So I immediately realised it was piss. And I went, I looked at him as if to say, oh my God, this is your piss, isn't it? In in half a lager. Mm. And he just looked at me and went, stealth. (laughs) Right? And I'm like, I'm drunk, but I'm going... This is the, the this is a sitcom. Yeah, I'm yeah, in a yeah. sitcom. This yeah. is fucking amazing. Next thing, so he fucking starts drinking it, mm. right? Yeah. And I'm I'm going, yeah, good, good. And he's going, see, see what I mean? Like they've dehumanised me. I can yeah, do anything. Right, I don't feel right. pain. I'm going, yeah, no, no, I get it, I get it. <laughs> and he and he's like, then his curry comes, tie around his head, bloke. Mm. He's trying to keep up with him. And it, and he, I, I literally put my fork in the sauce just to yeah. lick the end of one right. prong of the fork, yeah. and was like, ah! yeah. and this guy is just shoveling this stuff mm. into his mouth, going, "See what I mean? I don't feel pain." We're going, "Yeah, yeah no, we, we we get it, we get it." Yeah. And then he did a bit of sick, right? Sorry, spoiler alert, yeah. or trigger warning, whatever the right phrase is. He sicked a bit into his own curry, mixed it up, and carried on eating yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Can you see what I mean? That's sort of how I'm. How like I don't like my standards are different from, and I'm going. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I honestly get it. Yeah, I get yeah. it now. Don't need to show me anything. Yeah, else, I don't, you know. probably. I've seen Jackass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I basically went to Channel Four. Yeah. Shane Allen, lovely guy, beautiful man. <laughs> um, the wonderful Shane. Allen. Wonderful Shane. Yeah. Lovely, lovely Shane. Yeah. I told him that story, and he went commissioned that. Yeah. Right, so right, I so know that to this commission. day, obviously, if you if you come up with the right thing and you yeah. put it in front of someone like yeah. that, they're going to go. Well, they're, of they're, course they're we in the right mood, that. and you know, it, it hits. You know, it hits with them at that time. You know. So I wrote it, and I think I did a good job. Yeah. So you got paid to write I think it just you. You didn't write that with anyone else. Wrote that on you. my own. Yeah. But I think I wasn't very confident writing a narrative mm-hmm. yet. Right. But I think it's the first one where I started to get it. But the other thing that was on the table at the time was Raised by Wolves, Catelyn Moran. Right. Okay. And they went with that. Right. I'm not saying it was literally is it that or that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean that got made and mine didn't. Yeah. And but uh and it was um I don't mind saying it was a uh, Neris who worked there at the time who yeah. there's such a thing as a as a, a nice rejection. Yeah, yeah. Where you think you have done a good job. Yeah. And that was one that I Yeah. Was a bit gutted not to be able to do it. But now I struggle to get as I'm sure you'll you'll join me in on mm-hmm. this. If I think of that now, we go, oh, that is a sitcom. I've got it. Mm. Oh, that's fucking it. Oh, you'd never run out of episodes. We've mm. got it. It's a bottomless pit. <sighs> Having been through that a few times, I just don't know if if I've, I just don't know if I've got it in me to 
to raise the yeah, hope again, yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean, yeah. How do you feel? Do you, you do you still come up with things where you go, fuck, that's a... Uh, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but, you know, we can do But, yeah, I just... Yeah, don't want to get into well, it. You just made me tell... No, but you were telling something. Yeah. You're, you're yeah, saying, yeah. but you're saying to me, do I do I still have the the urge or the will? Yeah, I yeah. can't see myself ever writing a scripted sitcom again. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, know I, what I you just mean. speculatively writing one when I just don't see any made on TV. You know. Um, so do you think that's sad? You wish it was still the all to play. I don't have the urge. It's not like oh, I really want to do it. So that's okay as well. You know, it's just like it's like you doing this or you doing your you know your your music stuff. It's just like if a, if an idea presented itself that I was interested in. I hope I pursue it, but I can't see it being writing a 30-minute yeah. comedy, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. I, I think I feel but Maybe some new format will open up and it'll be like podcasts, you know, that... Okay, I keep, I keep forgetting its name, the, the, the one... Audio books. No, the, the podcast, uh, the, the, the funny podcast, not Marion and Jeff, with the two guys' names in it. Brian, Brian and Roger. Roger. You know, if I had that idea, but I know they... I don't think they've made any money doing it and they've done loads of work and it's brilliant and I don't know what the rewards are, you know, for that. What's interesting about that, though, is I think... I'd still, I still wish I'd thought of Brian and Roger. Yeah, I wish I'd done it. It's a brilliant piece of work, so I'd love you to. You can't deny that's that it's fucking made it, art, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That, in the end, that's what has ended up being important to yeah. me. And because it's really hard to try and do the bit where you're presenting all these ideas and being paid properly and it's going to be a success mm. and you're going to make money, I'm now like, that is so hard to get that to happen mm. that you would... I, I can't... You know what I mean when I say this, but... I'm 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 more at peace with being the penniless art the mm-hmm. penniless artist, mm-hmm. and if you come to my music night in a few weeks mm-hmm. and you go, mate, that's fucking all right, that. Mm-hmm. This is a really fun night, fucking mm-hmm. hell, like, and that bit you did that sounded good. That will do me, and yeah. if I if you you like listening to a podcast app or if I uh, I might I mean I've got one thing that I do I've got like a little character thing that I've had in in the back mm-hmm. bin, and at some point I'm going to make a bit of an effort with it. And put it out, and it'd be like, oh, it's fucking funny. That really made me laugh. At this point, that's more than enough. Do you think your listeners, because I've heard you say this on your podcast, do you think they think that you're like um, Ross in Friends going, you know, I'm fine, or what's his catchphrase? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Is yeah. that what he keeps saying? Oh, it's, it's really famous, isn't it? We were, no, you're not, we, we were, were on a, a break. No, we're not on a break. I think there's one episode where he keeps going, I'm fine. Like, he's fine about something. And you're just right. like, you know, every yeah. other episode you're going, I'm really, you know, I know it hasn't really worked out in my paper. I think I've just said it. But these days, you know, just yeah. to enjoy playing in front of one person, hey, look, two, it's terrific. Hey, to, look, I love yeah. writing an, another yeah. treatment and then screwing it up into yeah, a ball. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, you know, my favourite part of the process is now, <laughs> it's the sobbing. Yeah. <laughs> I love the sobbing yeah. and the not even sending the email because... yeah. Yeah, you know, a couple of times I've actually uh, gone down to the uh, pier and I've yeah. thrown my laptop off the end yeah. of the pier. And yeah. I'm like, that's the most liberating <laughs> yeah. bit of the yeah, whole process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there is some truth in that. Yeah. I've said it. I've said I'm fine enough times that I might be fine. Yeah. But it's yeah. basically a lie. I had to tell myself at first. Yeah. We'll see. Because we'll it's in a few shit. Years. Yeah. You're trying to do something. It keeps not quite happening. Yeah. But what I won't have... And I, I don't like it when I've got friends who get angry at other things being made and, oh, wow's that got made? And I'm, like, oh, I'm not fucking going down that road. Yeah. It, it, I'm trying it, to think if you've ever done that. I mean, we must have both done of it. Of course I have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's half the fun of it, isn't it? That's that's one of the fun bits of doing it. Fucking, that's... No, you can, you can be... Wa- and all no, that. I think it's all right to be wary yeah. and tired by... Oh, mm. And then you... You're there writing on a thing and they mm. say we're not going to commission it and then you put that on and that's on. Mm. And you just go, oh, why am I bothering? But I think that's different from how have those cunts done that? Yeah. And what's so good about them? Like the competitive bit of it yeah. doesn't interest me whatsoever. Right. 
because I think anyone is just going to say yes to their opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the Gervais thing of Andy Millman in in uh, or whatever his name is. I think in, it is that in extras. In extras, it's like yeah. a moral tale that mm-hmm. this 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 blo- bloke kind of uh, what was that cheapened himself mm-hmm. by allowing that sitcom to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that does that really hold up? Mm. It's like if the BBC turn around and say to you, "We think this is a brilliant studio sitcom, and we, the BBC, want to make it." Yeah, you fucking jump in. Mm. Why would you? You wouldn't. You know, it's all very well him saying that because he made The Office, mm. but it's not. It's you know, that's a privileged position of no one knows how to make a hit. Yeah, and I know he's like really successful. He's and he's made lots more money, mm-hmm. but. Has he ever done anything even remotely as good as The Office? Has he? Fucked? I would say definitely not. Um, his not his first few stand-up things were good. I thought what they called. Yeah, the a couple of them. Were I, think, right. I think the first couple of two or three. But diminishing well, I, I returns, think, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But maybe that's with a lot of stand-ups. You know, you you, you know their style, you know their thing. But he's you know definitely like very poor the last couple of things and his show and everything. You know, I'm not a fan of. Um, why is he okay to not? Because I can imagine you. Who else would you like? There was a there was a while where people knocked Michael McIntyre, like other comedians yeah, might right, say yeah, that. Yeah. That sort of doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, I, and, and I, I don't like that. I don't like that either. Well, I think you know, I think he's brilliant. Uh, you know, mm. brilliant at what he does. That's what yeah, I yeah. say, but you know, I think true, he's great. Right? I think he's absolutely great. You know, um, but you're allowed to do this. You know, this this big Ricky Gervais. He's so rich. You see other comedians, you know, have a pop at him, and yet they won't do it with people who are, you know, just sort of panel showy sort yeah, of yeah, comedians. Yeah. You won't hear it. Yeah. You know? yeah. I wonder why that well, is. Because these, these guys are still very rich. You know? Yeah, envy for financial success is always in the factor. Mm. Is always factored in. Sorry, do you know what I mean? You, like you say, you know, it's always the people who are absolutely raking it in, and you think, why is, why is this middle of the road thing made this person Saturday night telly and he's got a mansion? I think people struggle with that in this country. Whereas that's what someone like Gervais will say is that in America, mm. they celebrate the sort of success of it becoming huge. Yeah, right? yeah. We don't like that over it. Yeah, people have said that before, um, you know. But I wonder if it's just that he's so big now that you're not going to bump into him in green rooms in shows so, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, right, So whereas if you were going to slag off, you know, Rob Beckett or Josh Whittaker, wherever it was, yeah. and you're a writer or another comedian, you're going to you yeah. bump into them and it's just, no, it's it's true, just too embarrassing. It's whereas someone's huge, you can like, well, that guy's, you know, just no, in right. a different realm now, so we'll take the piss there's, out of him. There's a lot of people that we would could very well get a phone call next week and then we're in a fucking, we're writing gags for them, mm-hmm. right? Who privately I might think, well, I can, yeah. I know what you're doing, I can see how you do it and I'm not that impressed. Yeah. But if the phone rings, I also recognise they're fucking making the most of, they went out and did whatever yeah. they're doing. Someone's now interested in it. Yeah. It's spawned a production. Now mm. that production needs a member of staff. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone needs to be a dick about anyone's comedy. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Like, I get... But I was saying to you the other night, you, you um, or, or people, or people in comedy don't criticise other comedians, but they will very happily criticise music or musicians or politicians. Oh, they're crap, they're good. I know there's a bit less yeah, of yeah. it in culture all around now. There's a bit like, oh, that musician's doing what they want to do and mm. always own, you know, they're a very professional band, really, and they're mm. not really crap because they were just trying to sell to this audience and yeah, this audience yeah, liked yeah, yeah. it and all that. But um, uh, I think that, you know, there's, there's just, it doesn't happen in comedy, but it does, it, but... In, in Baz, you know, like, you know, you love, I think Noel Gallagher's a brilliant interviewee. Mm. And it's usually because he's, he's slagging someone off yeah. in, in the interview. 
I think his opening line used to be in interviews. He would say, "Who do you want me to slag off?" <laughs> yeah, and then they, you know, yeah. they'd say, "Oh, persuade," and he'd just do a line on him, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then that's their headline on the NME. You know, I mean, that's smart. And, that, and then, you smart read, then you want to read. Right? Then you want to read the interview. You want to see what, what does he? What more does he say about slagging off that band? You know, it's an interesting one that because yeah. obviously they're still they all they constantly put Liam and Noel in that position. Yeah. What do you think of? Yeah. And because they know that's what will come back. But I just think it's one of those things. It's very hard to pull off as you get older. Yeah. And I heard someone on another, someone someone really famous, I can't remember who it was, yeah. on, a, on a podcast I listened to last week made a point that when you're on the way up, you can say, when you're Oasis yeah. in 1994, mm-hmm. you can say Sting and Phil Collins are cunts. Yeah. When you're them now, mm-hmm. if you start saying that someone quite good coming along mm-hmm. is is shit mm-hmm. and they're like 30 years younger than you, Yeah, you basically look threatened by it, don't you? I think it probably depends on the genre. So maybe if there's like some sort of band that are a bit like them or a guitar band, it might look bad. Yeah, yeah. But when he like slags off a... Um, yeah. who, who's the guy uh, uh, who did a Bond thing, uh, theme who's got a high voice? Um, uh, Not Sheeran. No. Um name anyway no guy slags off everybody you know he'll slag off Adele or someone you know yeah. and they're not and, they, and if, if you say yeah. something funny you say something funny and yeah, you know, yeah, he, yeah. he generally does you know yeah um, what I think was amazing about those two is how they can give a fresh answer in every interview where they're mm. asked oh Ace is getting back together yeah, yeah and you know anybody else would go you know I really don't want to talk about that now yeah. or you know I've given my answer on this many times it's yeah, this yeah. and they're always like it's like they've been asked it the first time they always go yeah, I was thinking about the other day. The guy's a bit of a dick. I don't fancy it. Although, yeah, yeah. you know, if you put the money yeah, on the yeah. table, maybe I would. It's like, yeah. they always take it like it's a fresh yeah, yeah. question. It's fucking yeah, yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It? it is funny. And and we all know it's part of what keeps them in the fucking news. Yeah. And that's going to help and trickle down to interest in what they're doing now. Yeah. Which is obviously on a smaller scale than it was. Yeah. But they're still box office. Mm. You know, like, like it's only two weeks since um, there's been two two songs put out with Squire and Gallagher, right. and there's an album coming out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and like with any release from any of them, I, I, I immediately don't know what I think of it mm-hmm. because there's so much pressure to know what you think of it. Mm-hmm. But my my overarching feeling was the first song, I was straight on the bandwagon of, it's really simplistic, it's like a nursery rhyme, okay. oh my God, why did they start with this? Because it's like the rainbow and all that. Okay. Just having rainbow in it, it's okay. just like, Literally, like Hale and Pace would have done that in a mm-hmm. sketch, but then like well, it's a, it's a, two uh, or three Randy weeks Stanford, later, she's when like it, a it, rainbow. Yeah, yeah, exactly yeah. right. That's that's reached my ears mm-hmm. without me looking for it a few mm-hmm. times, and yeah. I found myself tapping on. It's okay. a good little song, that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I decided I had to have the a sort of moral position of some like mm-hmm. some guardian of fucking pure rock and roll. Okay. And then the second song that came out, and if I'm honest, I now can't even remember the title of it. Mm-hmm. But I've heard that two or three times, and thought. That is actually a really well-written song. I've no idea what it all means. It really doesn't matter because then you catch yourself and you just go, this is just 50-odd-year-old blokes making music Mm. because what else are they going to do? Like, why should anyone give a shit? But what's amazing about them, Noel, Liam, any of them, they're guaranteed for people to see that it's happening for the very reason that they put something there, there's a big fucking debate underneath it which is driving the fucking visibility of it. So that 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 video is like on the front page of YouTube. Mm. 
and, and it's the same boring cunt saying that Oasis never had any talent, mm-hmm. arguing with people saying that it's biblical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what a, it's a nice position to be in yeah. from from the point of view of a creative, isn't it? Like, you think of any other like decent, talented, Brit poppy sort of person from that era mm-hmm. makes an album now, puts it out. Where'd you get the heat from? Yeah. Where'd you get? Yeah, you know who's talking about it and yeah. saying. So in a way, in the long run, I think that the arrogance has paid off. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking. Yeah, but you can't get away with that unless, whether people like it or not, on some level, it was brilliant. It was so good that they could be arrogant, mm. and yeah, people yeah. hate that with Oasis. Yeah, what I find a bit strange about the um, are you getting back together? Blah blah blah. Is they were together for so long when they weren't that big a deal. It's, they're sort of like a bigger deal now yeah. of, you know, people sort of talking about the excitement. They're sort of after their, you know, third album. It mm. was a, a mm. decline. They were bringing out albums that I didn't care. I'd mm. never listened to them. Yeah, yeah. And so why people, you know, when did, you will know, when did they split up? Like 2000 and... 2009, I think. 2009. So, like, right. you know, they're there peaking was... in sort of like, you know, 95, 96, 97. And there, so was, there was a couple of real plodders. Yeah. But then when they, they around 2005... They did a load of gigs and an album that came out that, although it never reached the first two, there was a real fucking swagger about it. Do you remember that song Lila? Yeah. And stuff like that. I was like, they still had something there. Yeah. And the gigs were amazing. Right. And they looked cool. Right. And okay, there was a little bit of a, they're not dead yet. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I suppose I'm not looking at it from a hard, because I'm not a hardcore fan, I'm not thinking, where hardcore fans have seen them live and think they're still great. I mean, you know, his voice was... Definitely went through stages of being really yeah, awful, oh yeah, didn't yeah, it? yeah, it did, yeah. But anyway, um, move, moving on yeah, to that, and we need to, we need to sort of wrap up. So. Yeah, sure. Uh, we can come back and discuss this more if you've been. Have you in, are you enjoying yourself? Yes, yeah, like all right. A bit more of it. I definitely not do scary, again. is it? It's nice. No, no, it's I love all right. It. Yeah, it's all right. Um, you've not over embarrassed yourself. <laughs> um, what I was going to say, just chucking in some self promotion here, shamelessly, oh, okay. is that. On Saturday night, this Saturday night coming, I'm actually supporting Oasis Supernova, a big sort of tribute band. I think it's sold out, actually. It's like in front of like 300, mm-hmm. 400 people, something right. like that, right? So Stupid Hearts Club, on that night, I'm just like there to do half an hour of covers before them. So I'm playing like indie tunes. Uh, and I've never done that before, like spent all my life going, oh, I'm not going to do covers, I'm going to do my own music, whatever, and I'm doing that as well. But Saturday night, I'll be playing Arctic Monkeys, Richard Ashcroft. Um, so I guess the others? If you want. <laughs> yeah, go on. No, I did, you did, know, I did listen to your last podcast, so... Oh, fuck, I yeah, I already did this, yeah, didn't I? You did. Oh, you got me with this one on Friday night, because yeah. I started, you said, oh, what are you doing on... Uh, and then I answered you, and you were yeah. going, oh, I fucking heard no, all this. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> anyway, for anyone who's not heard... Over the next few months, there's going to be a few more of these Oasis Supernova gigs that I'll be playing at, and there's going to be uh, definitely one in Tavistock, one in Brighton, Tavistock somewhere in Cornwall or Devon. There's one in Morecambe, but I'm not exactly sure what's happening. I'll do a proper um, post about it all and put the dates up, but if any, anyone's in any of them areas and wants to come and say hello, it, it, it will be a laugh, and um, the, uh, you know... It's a very specific kind of a night out, a tribute act, but it is a good fucking beery sing along, and they are actually really good. Mm. Uh, they and they're one of the most popular ones. So um, 
come along if you want to come and see that. I'll give you a Stupid Hearts Club sticker. Whoa. Whoa. So, Albert. Yes. Sunday. What time is it? Uh, Sunday at, I'm going to guess about half five or something. Six. Six. Do you fancy a quick pint before you go home, yeah. or have you got to leg it? No, let's go and have a pint. Are, are you willing to walk up to the George Street Tap where the last remnants of a football match is on? Oh, God. You make it bad, <laughs> don't you? I thought we were going to some nice pub and we're going to go to some fucking massive screen football thing. No, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> now, what you're hearing now is is the essence of our real relationship, <laughs> and I respect you for it. All right, I'll leave it, and then I'll watch the highlights later. Okay. Where should we go? Should we go to the NEP? Uh, I was thinking, what's the one you you've got round here? Better half. Better half. The better half's nice for a for a sort of sophisticated little pint. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's come do on. That. Let's do that, guys. I'm glad you've met Ali. I'm hoping, not least because it's convenient, he lives around the corner, yeah, that was and maybe it's it. pretty clear that he's desperate to be involved. Um, we've got lots more stories of very very underwhelming <laughs> mini successes. Let's let's. I was going to say let's give him a hand, but if you're wherever you are on your own at home, give Ali a little round of applause that he can't hear, because that's what he's used to. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Ali. All right, mate. Thanks a lot. Yeah. See you soon. See ya.